This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Heard that last part. <laughs> it's her Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert, your Longhorn lender. Check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com. See if Aaron can do for you what she did for Linda and me, and that was to get that home loan 10-day approval turned around in a snap. She is, after all, a person who can make that 10-day home loan approval guarantee a reality. Check her out online at bowersockteam.com. Dot com. Okay. Before we do anything else, Craig, since we've gotten about 10 or so texts on the Specs text line, can you reiterate how the audio stream for the NCAA tournament works? Um, yeah. Just basically, um, once you get into the NCAA tournament, and this is another example of uh, what I just, like I just said about how they run the tournament, uh, the NCAA holds all radio broadcast rights, including streaming rights, regular radio broadcast rights and streaming rights. Uh, Learfield, of course, is the networking broadcast rights holder for the University of Texas, but they have to pay rights fees to the NCAA to be able to broadcast the games. Now, here's the weird thing about that. Uh, The uh, Longhorn Radio Network from Learfield has to pay broadcast rights to Learfield, (laughs) the parent company, because it's the parent company uh, that owns that through Westwood One, which subcontracts. It's actually Westwood One. They subcontract it through Learfield. And when it comes to the streaming, all streaming that you're normally accustomed to listening to online at texasports.com is not allowed. All streaming rights go to Westwood One and then a subcontract through Learfield. What Learfield was able to do with uh, with the approval of Westwood One and the NCA was to offer one additional streaming outlet for the home team broadcast, and that's through the Varsity Sports app. So you're not going to be able to hear it through the Texas Longhorns app. You're not going to be able to hear it online at texasports.com. Um, the only way that you can hear the Longhorn Radio Network broadcast is obviously right here in the best place to listen to it, on the horn, on 104.9. Yeah, we've had Stoner and a couple other folks say it was easy to download Varsity app and they were able to listen to the game. That's so. how you can do it. So that's that's just the way it is. That's It's a, it's a rights-holding thing. That happens sometimes in bowl games, depending on the bowl games as well. Uh, we're the national scene. And I know it sounds a little crazy. It's like one one group has been able to stream it all season long, and then you get to that and the rights revert. Because during the season, especially you know the home games and all that and the conference agreements, you set that up. But the conference doesn't control any of the postseason. It's the NCAA's postseason tournament. It's their party. They get to decide the rules on that deal. Right. So that's, that's hopefully that – clears it up for some folks uh, on that. Hopefully you can listen to us on the horn on 104.9. And, and by the way, that means that the baseball game Friday night at UFC Udish Falk Field 
uh, against uh, against Texas Tech will be heard on AM 1260 and 101.9 FM. 101.9 FM and AM 1260 Friday night baseball game at 7 o'clock. That's a 7 o'clock first pitch on Friday night. And uh, that's that's going to be the case with that. And the basketball game will be on 104.9 as well as on Coke FM on 98.5 and 99.3 FM. Okay. All of that done. Longhorns with the win. All of the excitement afterwards, clearly, with uh, what what they did in getting the victory. And we had a couple of quick conversations during all the – uh, the the celebration and the melee that's on the floor and everybody jumping around and hugging one another and and, and uh, really cool moments and stuff. Timmy Allen comes running over to us and we put a headset on him, but we could only hold him for a little over a minute because he had to get right back into the celebration. But this was our conversation with Timmy. Ta, uh, I know this is uh, a dream for this team and the dream is still going and you got more. But uh, tell us a little bit about. The 10-0 run, you guys had to dig down after they got the three-point lead with the 10-0 run. What was said in the timeout, and what did the guys do to turn this thing around? Uh, we knew we had to get back to getting stops. And they got a couple buckets there. But we're, we're built for this. We played in too many close games all year. Um, I think the Big 12, our grit, our toughness, our togetherness has brought us to this point. Um, I don't think it's anything, anything different than we've done. It's been the same thing every week, every day, every practice, and that's why we're here, and we deserve it. I'm going to let you go celebrate. I appreciate Sweet it. Sweet 16! Uh, yeah, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it kind of blew out our eardrums. Sweet 16 is what he was saying there. I like that Rodney got a good chant from the uh, from the Texas fans leaving the floor, the contingent that was behind the bench. Absolutely. Uh, same thing for Dylan DeSue. You know, I, it's funny, your question for Timmy, that was the first question I asked RT in the postgame. I know, I know. We carried that postgame press conference and heard it, and it was also the first question that I put to uh, Rodney Terry when RT came over to join us for the postgame interview. 10-0 run to go up three because then your, your guys responded with a 10-0 run. With a t- you know what, Craig? I just said, hey, guys, we've been here before. We've been here all year long. We played in the best league in the country. Not one position we hit with many. Let's regroup right now. We got to good come down. We got to get a stop. Okay, we got to score. We got to get a stop, and we'll get right back where we need to get it right now. And we did exactly that. You think your guys proved something tonight when you go one for 13 from three-point range that you can win? You'd rather have the three-pointer, but you can win without it? It's a really good Penn State team, man. I'm telling you, this group here, I mean, I couldn't sleep one night because these guys can really shoot the basketball, and they were the best passing team I've seen all year. And, and Pickett, he's a pro. He's a good player. We did a great job on him by committee. And, uh, man, I'm so proud of these guys right now. We're back in the Sweet 16, Greg. First time in 15 years. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, Let's sir. just keep making it. That's right. right. Make that's it happen. That's right. For your guys to, to so many veterans on this team what do you think it's going to mean to them to be able to accomplish this and i know you want more but to take that next step yeah greg i mean this group came back here to get past the, you know the first round we won the first round last year we came back here to win a national championship now it's not going to be easy we got two right now okay we know we got a long way to go in terms of in the next 40 minutes in front of us, we're going to enjoy this one for the night. Okay, but we are here to try to compete for the whole thing. I almost think you could fly home without the plane tonight. <laughs> we probably could, no doubt about it, 100%. Congratulations, you know? Thank RT. You, Greg. Appreciate uh, you, buddy. Uh, uh, so that's what it was in all the excitement. He had just, like moments before when he came over to us, uh, had been lifted off the floor by Chris Ogden. <laughs> he kind of bear hugged him th- there. Uh, but that was, it, it, like you said, that was your first question. Yeah. Right out of the gate, the first question in the postgame press conference to Rodney. It was my first question to Timmy Allen. It was my first question to Rodney. It's the obvious first question. What was said 
after the 10-0 Penn State run, gave them the 58-55 lead there there as time is running down in the ballgame. What was said, and he just settled everybody down and got them recentered again. Because, you know, the the ball that, uh, that Timmy threw away, that where yeah. Seth Lundy gets the layup to put them up three, that was the first time I was like, okay, they're not panicking, but this is the this is the first time in a long time I've seen them make a decision like that mm-hmm. in a critical spot. The guy that I want to point out, though, and and anytime you talk to any anybody tied to this team, you know whether it's at the podium or just talking to guys one on one, they always tell you, hey, look, our success starts with what we do on defense. Sure, and that's a culture thing of getting guys to lock in, and these guys buying it. I'll give you a great example: Arter- talking to Arterio Morris mm-hmm. this week. And because everybody that I've talked to about Arterio Morris says the main area where he's grown is as a defender. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'll be honest, he said, when I got to campus, I hated defense. I didn't want to play defense. I didn't think I had to because in high school, I just had the ball in my hands all the time. I just wanted to score. He said, now I love defending and I feel like I can guard the other team's best player. And, and at times he had to pick up Jalen Pickett yeah, when he was out there. And and that's that's a culture thing. But the guy that I want to highlight when you get these stops, I'm gonna run, I'm gonna run down this sequence, Craig, because I yeah. just think it's so impressive. Sure. So they go up by three. Texas calls a timeout. You come right back to the zoo, he gets a bucket. Cameron Winter and Marcus Carr trade turnovers. Then you get an Andrew Funk miss three, big defensive rebound by Tyrese Hunter, and a Desue bucket. Next possession for Penn State. Funk misses a three, big defensive rebound by Tyrese Hunter. DeSue gets a bucket at the other end. Uh, then you have Penn State calls a timeout. You get the Miles Dread backcourt uh, backcourt violation turnover. Marcus Carr gets the layup at the other end off the window, uh, and then you've got uh, another big defensive rebound. A Miles Dread miss three, defensive rebound by Tyrese Hunter. DeSue gets a bucket at the other end. Tyrese Hunter as a rebounder, and I think he's starting to show it because now when you look at the box score the numbers are there i've said it all year craig i think for a guard he was one of the more underrated rebounding guards in the big 12 because i think he's averaging 2.9 right around three boards a game so nothing that just jumps out at you makes you go wow this guy's a really good rebounder but you look at it the other night Seven rebounds, all of them on the defensive glass. He was mm-hmm. so big because Tyrese is a little thicker. Uh, you know, his vertical jump is off the charts. And, you know, a lot of times he's physical enough to where even if you try to put a body on him, he's going to slip a guy and be there in the paint to grab a rebound. I thought his defensive rebounding, you know, normally we think about getting stops, you think you get a block shot, you get a steal, whatever. A defensive stop is just eliminate the second chance opportunity by getting a rebound. That's that's what Tyrese did. He. DeSue, Dylan DeSue gets all the credit in the world, but credit Tyrese Hunter for those big rebounds he got in those spots. Yeah. Uh, somebody said, RT shortened his bench. It felt like he overplayed the starters. We needed more Brock and Morris off the bench. That's why it was closer than it should have been. Uh, you know, most most teams will tighten up the rotation anyway when, the, when you get into the NCAA tournament. I mean, they both saw action, both uh, Morris and Cunningham. Uh, in in the game, some of that was also to balance out against matchup, and some of it uh, uh, had to um, balance out because of foul difficulties as well. Uh, female listener seventeen, did Brock play much against Pitt? You meant Penn State, I'm sure. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, he he was out there. I don't. I didn't see nine it. minutes. Nine minutes. He 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 played, and Arterio played seven seven minutes in the game. So he did uh, shorten the rotation. Uh, a little bit off of that, but he's been going, you know, eight nine. But the but the eight nine guys have not been logging quite as many minutes as they were during the regular season, and that's a pretty common thing 
uh, to happen in the NCAA tournament. I don't know that that's necessarily why it was closer. When you look at the of that. guys, though, that logged a lot of minutes, you needed to play DeSue, uh, which is why Christian Bishop only got nine minutes. Marcus Carr at 39, mm-hmm. Hunter at 35, Jabari Rice at 28. Because of Penn State's ability to spread the floor and shoot the three, you needed your best on-ball defenders out there, yep. your more a more athletic lineup, and that's what you're going to get with having a more guard-oriented lineup. That's why. It was it was definitely, um, you know, uh, much more that way. Uh, somebody else said, Hunter will be too small against the big guards of Xavier. Uh, you might see more, uh, Brock Cunningham, and you might see more of, of Arteria Morris out there, but Tyrese Hunter has guarded big guards before, and he'll he'll be out there again. Yeah, you're not. I mean, he's gonna play. So you're not not gonna try to reinvent the wheel at this point. Uh, Got to limit his minutes. Whose minutes? I think he's Hunter's? talking about Tyrese. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, I think it's. I think it depends on the matchups and what's going on and how the game is going. You can't just, you know, throw a, a uh, you know a decision down and say. Here's the edict. He's only going to play X number of minutes. A lot of it's going to be as the game flows, as it as it opens up. Yeah, we we've seen games this year where, you know, based on how things are going, and some of it's got to do with foul trouble. Yep. Uh, where we've seen we've seen Arterio Morris play more minutes. Yes. If if he's playing well on defense, I think you have to play him because we know the offensive upside he's got. But if he's right. if he's a willing capable and effective defender, then he warrants more time on the floor. And he didn't do anything. It wasn't that he was bad the other night. He had one of the few just out-and-out flubs, was involved in one that they had, where I think he th- either he thought they were gonna he was going to switch with Jabari on the screen, yeah. or he was they weren't going to switch and he just didn't slip it or yep. whatever. And that was when I think it was Seth Lundy got a wide-open look at a three yep. and hit it. Yep. Absolutely, and we were Eddie and I were talking about that on the broadcast as well. That's that's a communication thing. Yeah, making sure that you're on the same page on the ice cream man says Texas fans, can we just celebrate our basketball team getting somewhere we haven't been in 15 years instead of criticizing RT or worrying about why players are switch shoes? Move on. You know, you know what? Though? I, I'll say this: uh, Penn State, I, I really like their offensive versatility. Coming into the game, yeah. that's why when everybody was talking last week about A and M, I was like, Penn State concerns me a lot more than A and M, not just because of Jalen yeah. Pickett, but they're so right. versatile; they can do so many different things. And it, it's weird, but I know RT called them the best passing team, one of the best passing teams he's seen yeah. in the film. That's not just because they're out there like the Harlem Globetrotters; it's it's because Pickett can play on the ball so much. It seemed like their offense, a good chunk of it in the second half when they made that run, it was Pickett. Either catching it in the post or driving it into the post, getting deep, drawing the defense in, and then kicking it out. Part of them being a great passing team, whether it's Funk or Lundy or whoever, those guys really understand where Pickett is and where their spot on the floor needs to be so he can kick the ball out and they can get a three. That's how Penn State, a lot of times, honestly, gets so many good looks at a three because everybody's focusing on Pickett. You get a driving kick situation and those guys get open looks. That's how you end up shooting. 39% and making 10.5 per game. Absolutely. Uh, somebody else said the, the lineup the texter mentioned when Brock and Arterio just wasn't producing like usual the other night, and I think RT recognized that. You adjust as the game goes along. I'll say that. Uh, RT, I don't think, gets enough. Zay and I have talked about it when I've been on with Chad and mm-hmm. Zay. Uh, RT, I don't think, gets enough credit for his feel for the game and how effective he's been 
more often than not putting the line the right lineup on the field. Not saying that or on the court. Not saying that you know they haven't had situations where okay maybe should this guy have played more whatever. Right. More often than not though, when you look at the five they've got out there, based on the situation, our team more often than not's got the right five guys out there. Right. Uh, so it's it, the immortal words of the great DKR. You dance with who brung you. Uh, so uh, how does Bishop match up with the Xavier big guys? Need him to score a little more. Love his defensive effort. Uh, we'll uh, we'll see, and we'll talk more about that. Obviously, Dylan Dessou, a big big part of that as well, and how Brock Cunningham, who's always played well against big guys here over these past couple of years, is going to have to do it. Remember how they defended uh, Drew Timmy uh, and Gonzaga and how they did against Creighton, two teams, by the way, that are headed for the uh, Sweet 16. I think, though, the, with those two specifically, go back and look at the Oklahoma State and the TCU games in the Big 12 tournament. That was the lineup where they played both of those guys together. Yeah. And you're not going to have – it's not like you're going to have that pairing on the court for 25 minutes. Yeah. But, you know, if you can get them through one of those four-minute games playing together, if you do need some size, it can work because we've seen it work. This text has to be from somebody using voice text to do it because it says, I really enjoy how Artie, A-R-T-I-E instead of R-T, I'm sure that the voice uh, yeah. thought it was Artie, Keeps it simple to go to the guy that's giving you the office. I'm sure meant offense, or make sure he's involved with the play, which led to cars. C A R S. <laughs> easy lay. It's easy layup. Easy layup. There. Sometimes that can be. Uh, that's a little jumbled. Yeah, but yeah. we get we get the. Gist and as Keith said, as one coach noted, the timeouts are so long for the commercials in the tournament. You don't need to give the starters as many breathers. Great job, Horns. That's true. It's in four-minute segments. Those are three-minute timeouts. There was one in the Arkansas-Kansas game. I could have sworn went for like six, seven minutes. I'm like, this is the longest media timeout well, in the history of basketball. I know the one you're talking about. It was a regular full timeout at the spot, and they had a review on top of it. Oh, is that it? Okay. Yeah. okay. Which added, I think, an extra minute and a half. I think it wound up going four and a half minutes on that. So that does I know, it longer than three. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Speaking of Drew Timmy, as I was a moment ago, <laughs> if you stayed up late, late, late last night, you saw Gonzaga beat TCU, and then you heard something from Drew Timmy. I missed that game, but that was very much trending on the Twitter machine this morning. 